It's not like it's a competition that's on again next year. You have to wait a full Olympic cycle to go again. Realistically, most of the team aren't going to be here again for the next Olympics, so it's like it's do or die. For the best Olympics coverage, subscribe to the OTB Highlights podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Hello there. It is episode 13 of the football pod with Paddy and Andy. It is August. It is All-Ireland semi-final time. We've got the four final teams left in the country. We've got Kerry against Tyrone next Sunday week. And we've got Dublin against Mayo on Saturday week. Paddy Andrews, seven-time All-Ireland winner. And Andy Moore in 2017 Footballer of the Year are here. Lads, Dublin Mayo, there's no better place to be than this podcast <laughs> over the next two weeks. We had this one teed out from the start of the season, didn't we? Like, geez, it was always, they're always going to play again. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll have some good, uh, good stories from the past decade over this week and next week leading into the game. But look, it's the four best teams as well. Whenever about Dublin Mayo, I think Tyrone and how they've progressed under the new coaches and Kerry, obviously, since day one this season, been shooting the lights out. There will be two brilliant games next weekend. And anyone who's interested in football is going to be. Like you can't wait for it. This is what the whole season's been building towards, really. You know. Hmm. And I must... go back there, Tommy. On your yeah. last five minutes, I've got two insults. Right. First thing was, <laughs> like, I asked the wife there. Before. More of the week already. Look. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm on it. This is it. More of the week, right? Asked the wife before I come on. I said, "I'm looking all right." I said, "She goes, well, you haven't shaved. You need a haircut." She goes, "Basically, you look as rough as a bear's hair." She said. Right. I come on then, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's introduction is to a Mayo Dublin semi-finalist. Paddy Andrews, seven-time All-Ireland winner. <laughs> Andy Ward, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, come on. Jeez, well, I never crazy. got any individual ones. There was nothing else I, to say about it. Hey, he was a sham. Wait till we talk about the All-Stars. He's a serious gripe with the All-Stars. Ah, uh, it's a joke. They hand those things out for free. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I never script my intros. That's that's a mistake on my path. I should have come oh, up with something a bit better. Man, sure do you want me to win? Like Me? I, 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 lads, I have no skin in the game. And I, just, like, I, I was happy enough <laughs> watching the Mead Miners win uh, another Lancer title today. The Dublin production train has slowed down, but we'll get to that, I think, next week. Oh, I think we'll focus on that next week. Andy, myself and yourself were WhatsApping a good bit over the weekend about both both uh, provincial finals. There wasn't a sign of Paddy Andrews. Never appeared in the WhatsApp group once. How we managed to get him to Crow Park for the Leinster final, I don't know. There was a ghost sitting beside me. We, we dragged him off the golf course to get to him. He was in the 19th hole, was he? That's exactly it. <laughs> I'm enjoying retirement, lads. It was great. But, geez, it was tough going now up in the, the seventh tier <laughs> in Hogan's stage yesterday. And the match itself wasn't the most exciting either now, I have to say. The few cobwebs are right. But, uh, no, we got there in the end. Back holiday, lads. Come on. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Andy, how was your weekend? Were you busy? My weekend was good. We uh, seen the Mayo ladies winning today. So, uh, we have a girl that works with us, Catherine Sullivan, who plays wing back. She can't today, so it was a, uh, it was a good day for us and a good victory. So it was, uh, yeah, good weekend, football mad weekend in terms of the under twenties, the Ulster final, the Leinster final. So there was a lot happening. Yeah, it was a good weekend for me, that Mayo and Dublin, I suppose. Eleventh provincial title in a row. We're going to get stuck into that game in a few minutes. I'd like to start with the Ulster final, if that's okay. Oh, it's perfectly good. That what all right? Game. What a, a game. Few- a few minutes before throwing, I text Andy Moore and I text the I text WhatsApp group, but Paddy ignored me and I said, I have a feeling here about Monaghan lads. And Andy started ridiculing me. Like, we're going to make a show you on the podcast this week. I just had a <laughs> feeling. I don't know what it was. I didn't back them. Tur- you can't be turning like that. You can't just yeah. like, you change it with the water, man, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It, was, well, it, wasn't, look, it wasn't looking too good at half time anyway. No, it, it definitely it, wasn't. It definitely it was wasn't. looking exactly what we thought it would. Like that 11-6 and Tyrone were kind of... Without doing anything spectacular, I mean, 
we've been rightly praising the Ulster Championship and it was becoming the most entertaining provincial championship and it was shootouts and high scoring and Saturday's final was probably a return to the, the far more traditional side of things that you would have got. And to be fair, we touched on it last week. If Monaghan were to have any chance against Rome, they could not play the same style that they played against their man. You don't want to get into a shootout with, with, with Tyrone. And to be fair to them and Banty, they were supremely organised. But very similar to what we saw in the Leinster football final with Jack O'Connor and Macon Kildare really solid. You felt just with Monaghan and Kildare, they were probably just going to struggle to get scores to get them over the line at the other end. Now, in saying that, that the energy they brought and the fight Monaghan brought in the second half to get it back, they just could not get their noses in front, even though they had opportunities. But but that first half from Tyrone, like when they went 11-6 up, they seemed to have big pressure on Beggins' kickouts as well, which we knew was going to be a big thing. McCurry and Maddie Donnelly are carrying on their form, and that's going to be very interesting for the semi-final against Kerry. But, but Tyrone will be worried about the second half as well. They lost the second half 9-5, and Monaghan, with all their fight and the energy they brought, just that little bit of quality at the end. Like Tyrone probably just deserved it, I think. Tommy, I think you, uh, your point about Monaghan, uh, I think that kind of symbolised what happens to Tyrone in the second half there. Like we're against Donegal, they these guys to bring on, the Tierney McCann's of this world to bring on. Uh, Frank Burns started, which was he was a huge player for them in the, in the game. And then you have to move Kieran McGeary back into that position where Frank Burns, and you lose that energy because McGeary's... Having the, he's having the year of his life. He's outstanding. Still had a great game, but in a different way. Oh, in a different he's way. Flying. He's flying. In there in that stop and roll, you push McGeary further up, and it just gives them that more energy. You lose one of your, I love the term, Paddy Hughes, transitional players from that area, and you lose them, and then all of a sudden you lose a lot of energy. Minor gets less space, and all them players get less space. But what, what surprised me about what Monan, I, I think we talked about it last week. And we called it fairly accurately. The, the point we didn't call accurately, I thought Monaghan would put huge pressure on Tyrone at the back. I just thought they'd press the kick out. I thought they'd re- like really go strong in that, that area. And instead, in the first half, they played with Darren Hughes, who's been outstanding for them for years, but they played with him that hole and just didn't work and they didn't press the kick out. And Tyrone's scores are funny, right? So they're either come from turnovers, mainly, Okay, so you, in the first half, they scored nine scores, four from turnovers, which are kicks into the Tyrone attack. One of those was, remember, Morgan jumped in mm. and he blocked it from going out the field. So Tyrone mm. recognised that, no, we don't let the ball go dead here. We keep it in play and we keep running up the field. So they forced the turnover, they get four scores from that. They get five scores from short kickouts, from Tyrone kickouts. Five of their 11 scores from kickouts. And you think about that, Monan gave them the kickout. And you were just like, you could see that this is what Tyrone had planned for. Monaghan decided to do something different and then Tyrone just absolutely at them. And only like everyone was concentrating on Morgan's brilliant positioning from uh, Fagan's yeah. But they only got two of their 11 scores from the press. Yeah. Only got two of them. All their other scores came from full length of the pitch attacks where they just moved at a pace, got the ball up, switched the point of attack, and then launched kick passes in over the sweep. We're in over Darren Hughes. You can see for uh, Maddie Donnelly's point, the dummy solo point, that's a kick in over the defence. McCurry was really well to win it on the end line, gets back out, slips in, and they get scores like that all day. And it just, Monin just got it wrong in the first half. For all they got right in the second half, they literally forgot that, and Paddy Andrews has been saying it, Tyrone have multiple transitional players. Peter Hart, Sludden, mm. uh, McKenna, 
um, sorry, McGeary. McGeary, but uh, McGeary was brilliant again. Yeah, uh, I can't think of his name. Sorry, uh, reading the halfback. No, no, no. He marked Ryan McHugh the last day. Myler, Connor Myler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five or six transitional players, and they never thought about this. Mana didn't think about this, didn't put enough emphasis on it. And when they gave Tyrone the short kick out, Tyrone just built, 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 built. But the, off. Did you also feel, Andy, I, I, I just thought in the first half, and, and that's definitely an element of it, Mana were just so passive. Hmm. I, I thought on the ball as well, like they got very few kick pass. I thought Jack McCarran did quite well on Ronan McNamee. No, he did, The ball yeah. that was going in. McManus. Hampson did br- it. He Exceptionally got a brilliant well score. Hamsey was brilliant as well, but but McManus didn't get a lot of possessions. And yeah. if you're thinking of Monaghan are going to have any chance here, yeah. they need to get the ball in to those guys quickly. Now, Tyrone, to be fair, there's a couple of examples. Like we said, Tyrone were moving away from this, getting numbers behind the ball and stuff like that. There was definitely shades of a more traditional side of Tyrone there at the weekend. Like even there's an example there. Connor Boyle has a shot in the 27th minute. Darren McCurry is the closest guy to him on his own 21. So even though we're saying McCurry never normally comes back there, Tyrone were getting back at stages in that first half. It was 13, 14, 15 men behind the ball. And Monaghan just, they weren't getting runners from deep. I mean, look, if you, if you say Carl O'Connell and Darren Hughes are going to come off at half time for Monaghan, like such huge players for them, particularly those runs from deep, they couldn't really get the ball inside to McManus and, and Jack McCarron to, to take advantage of it. Everything was just, it was quite lateral. Tyrone were controlling that game for the whole first half. They, they were getting their scores a lot easier. And Monaghan, at, at the end, they started trying to force things. It looked like they were running out of ideas. Whereas the second half, fair look, we touched on what Mead against Dublin a couple of weeks ago. It was just caution to the wind, to be fair. They, they just pushed up Beggins out around midfield and literally from the throw up, Conor McCarthy scored at the start of the second mm-hmm. half. The crowd got involved and Monaghan just brought savage, savage energy and pace to the game, which they just lacked in the first half. It was just... You always felt that that five-point gap was going to be too much for them to turn around. And it was just, they will rue that first half and just being really passive and lateral on the ball, as well as like not really getting the grips at Morgan's kickouts as well. Before we go back to Tyrone's style, because I want to come back to you about a comment Sean Cavanagh made at halftime, but Monaghan's shift in energy at halftime, was that as much to do with, okay, the McCarthy point is great, it gives you oxygen straight from the throw-in, Colin Walsh and Niall Kearns had a big influence on that second half. I thought Colin Walsh was exceptional playing up and around. Was he playing as a free man around the half forward line? I'm not even sure where he was playing. But, but, but what, what Rory Began was he, doing? Did, did just, just on, on, on Colin Walsh, it, he was a link player for them and it allowed them to move the ball quicker up the pitch. That was a huge thing. Like it was so slow in the first half and Tyrone, it was allowing Tyrone to get set. That's the big challenge Tyrone are going to face against Kerry in two weeks' time. Kerry are going to move the ball by foot up the pitch at serious speed and with the cohesion they have, Paddy Clifford, Darren Moynan. That, that's the link players Monaghan probably lacked in the first half. Where Colin Walsh comes on and you're right, he was just receiving kick passes and all of a sudden the ball was getting into Tyrone's 45 three or four seconds quicker than it was in the first half. And it was yeah. creating that chaos for them as well. So you're right. As a, I marked him, and he would have marked him as well as a, as a cornerback. He's an all-star cornerback, but, mm. his, but his role, he kicked the mark. He had a huge influence on it as well. But it was just the energy and the speed at which Monaghan were moving the ball caused them... Like, they won the second half nine points to five. And they had more chances as well. Now, I know Maddie Donnelly and Carl McShane probably missed a couple yeah. You would worry about that against Kerry because the way Kerry had been moving the ball by the foot, transitioning up the pitch really, really, really quickly, that's going to be a big challenge for Tyrone to try and sort out in, in two weeks' time. But, but 
but I thought Colin Walsh and, and Niall Kearns' introduction was a huge influence on the game as well. But what think, about the energy that Roy... Sorry, Andy, you go on there, go on. No, no, I just think the Colin, the Colin Walsh one is very interesting because he is a defender naturally. Yeah. And he gives them that bit of, like, when it comes out. So if you think about it, okay, you're playing with a sweeper in the first half from Darren Hughes. Okay, so you're playing with an extra man back, which allows... We go traditional. You're, you're given Tyrone six on five. Okay? So they've... Like, you're, you're on about Myler, you're on about Hart, you're on about Sludden, and they're transitioning up the pitch, Joe. And... Um, Mike McKernan is very quick too and he can get up through the lines as well. So you're on about leaving them an extra man. Now all of a sudden you have six on six or seven on seven or whatever they put up there. And one of those is an all-star cornerback who can put right pressure on them. Who's used to that, getting in, getting pressure in, getting tackles in, really pushing to, to the limits. And that's what Walsh added as well. And all of a sudden, Tyrone looked rushed on, rushed on the ball. Instead of getting it to the centre and kicking them long angled balls in like we did with McKenna and uh, we've seen with McKenna and Fitzpatrick and these guys kicking the ball in, mm. all of a sudden the pressure on the ball come out the field. And then it created... Mona didn't have to go from back to front. Do you know that slow bit we've seen in the first half? Mm. Where, remember we said last year, last week they'd use begging every second time with the ball. But yeah. if you can win the ball back before it goes inside your own 45, you don't have to use him as much because you're further up the field. Yeah, That's what they were trying to do. When begging was further up the field, Walsh was really pushing on, the fours were working hard, and then it came into it. But again, sorry, going back to the old podcast last week, do you remember the point where I was talking and then Paddy said something and he goes about the personnel and mm. they don't have the personnel to do that. In the first half, they didn't have the personnel to do what they did in the second half. Yeah. So when they changed that around, and fair play to Donny Buckley and Banty and all these guys, mm. up, when they changed it around, now that the personnel to go and press, press Tyrone, and when they pressed them, they put them under serious pressure. Yes, they left themselves a tiny bit lacking at the back, but they put them under immense pressure. And you know, Tyrone struggled to live with that for a long time and they didn't have the artillery to come in off the bench because of the COVID cases uh, and, and to push them on. So they did struggle. Um, but Tyrone definitely, in my view, deserved to win the game. Um, but like tactically, emotionally, I was on the edge of my seat watching it. It was just brilliant, you know? But, but that, Andy, that, that first 15 minutes of the second half, Monaghan outscored Tyrone six points to one. And it's exactly right. Which is where Tyrone sloppy... Carl McShane could have fumbled a few balls. Conor McKenna drops one short. Maddie Donnelly has a couple of uncharacteristic misses. And everything that seemed so slick for Tyrone in the first half. Like you say, those angle kick passes in. McCurry was getting on the ball and getting scores. You're thinking, what's happening? Is it are Tyrone being sloppy? But it was actually Monaghan just totally pushing up all over the pitch and, and bringing that energy to it. And, and look... They, they just left themselves a little bit too much to do. Like I say, despite winning the second half, 9-5, you just always felt Tyrone, like McShane gets a score on 51 minutes and that kind of settles them down. Mm-hmm. And Maddie Donnelly and McCurry get big scores at big times just to keep Monaghan at arm's length. Mm-hmm. And the damage was probably done in the first half. And that's the that's the regret for, for, for Vantia and the team. It's just, why was it so passive in, in, in the first half and playing on the safe side of things where... Like there's no doubt the second half Monaghan were a better team, but I just thought overall I, I agree with Andy. Tyrone probably just deserved to shade it, but then Monaghan had a couple of chances in injury time as well to bring it the extra time. And if that goes the extra time, you're probably leaning towards Monaghan with the energy they're bringing at that stage of the match. The difference though, and, and we had been talking about it with the Galway game and um, with the Armagh game, Monaghan were able to find the right shooters at the right times. But even in the first half, was it that lack of a link man that meant that 
Carl O'Connell was taking shots. He should have been taking. Connor Boyle maybe was taking shots. Uh, you know, players with single digits on their backs were shooting from 35-ish, 40 yards out when they, they weren't able to find McCarthy, McCarron, McManus. There was actually McCarron and McManus at a couple of wides where it felt like that should have been McManus taking that shot when McCarron put it wide in his right. And McManus had an, another shot that was a poor miss. He actually could have flicked it back to Jack McCarron that time because it would have been a lovely little drop for a, a man in his left foot. It was just, I don't know, Monaghan shooting decisions, I think, let them down ultimately. Um, and I don't know whether that masked some of the things for Tyrone. I actually think Monaghan had enough chances to win that game. No, and I think Tyrone had enough chances too, Tommy. I think okay. sometimes, and we'll talk about Kildare and Dublin, everyone was talking about the chances Kildare missed. Mm. Dublin never missed as much chance mm. in their life. Yeah. You know, it was like it was crazy stuff that was going on. But the, with, with Monaghan, um, I think Monaghan actually played the exact way they wanted to play in the first half. I think if you gave them a prototype the way they wanted to play, they got enough attacks, they used Began as I thought to use them, and they got enough shots off. But I'd agree with you. I think there was a tiny bit of panic in them. The they definitely one, snatched that a few, yeah. yeah the, the, one, the, the one I would pick is the Boyle one. The, the Boyle one is very interesting, right? And we've all been here, myself and Paddy have been here. Matty Donnelly puts him on his arse, the attack just before it, with a dummy solo. He sent him to he sent him into the, the Hill 16, the dummy. Mm. And the next shot boy takes it. And that's just wishing. You're wishing that goes over. You're not in a right position to take it. He's a good player. I'm not uh, slate number or anything like that. But we've all done that as a player, where you just go, oh, Jesus, I'm in for one here. You're, try, you're trying to force it. You're trying to go up and force it. And I, I think a slight bit of that happened in the first half. Even with the quality, even McManus's first point class. This boy is a genius. I'm in no way criticizing Conor McManus. But his first point is out of this world. Point. Like, Niles, Niles Sloden should block that. Yeah, like, Niles Sloden, I don't know how he doesn't block it. Like, like McManus, is, out of the way. McManus's two legs are off the ground. He kicks it in the air. Yeah. It's a beautiful <laughs> point. Phenomenal score. kicks it. And even that one was a bit of a snatch. But in the second half, I do feel Walsh comes on. He, he gets two assists. He wins a mark that he scores. Kieran Hughes came on, lads, and had the best 15 minutes of football he's had from Monaghan in, in a long, long time. He was outstanding when he came on. And he dominated the game. He was using the ball wisely. He was doing everything smart. And then the right players on at the right time, they just couldn't finish it. And yeah. it was Walsh that had the last shot, I think it was. And I was just like, that's the cornerback coming out of him. McManus is outside him. I think it's Kerns that's outside him. Shane Carey as well. Shane, yeah. Sorry, Shane Carey. Yeah, Shane Carey the shot as well. But McManus is... Where they've got the ball to McManus against Galway, and they got it to him against Jeremiah. At that crucial moment... Just what I'm saying about Boyle in the first half. McManus is on. Give him the ball or get him the ball and let him, if yeah. he makes a mistake, fair, that's it. Your shooter makes a mistake. But yeah. he snaps at it. Ball, the ball goes in wide. And the game. But, but on an Andy, you have to give credit as well to, to Park Hamsey. I, I thought Hamsey did a brilliant job on McManus. And even after that, after the two misses, Jack McCarron tries to hit McManus with a mm-hmm. kick pass down the line. I think it's probably 72 minutes. Yeah. And I think if McManus gets this in his hand, he's either going to get a free or he's getting a shot. And Hamsey just gets a hand in. And it's brilliant. And then Tyrone keep the ball to the end of the game. They ha- keep it for the next 60 seconds. So Hamsey also uh, scores a beautiful point. Outside of the right. Beautiful, beautiful. That must be worth two or three scores to him when he's going back into Conor McManus. He's surely telling Conor McManus, 
Look what I've just done, buddy. <laughs> I'd imagine he is. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think at that stage, McManus has done enough damage to them over the years. I'd say he'd laugh it off. Like, can he, of course he, he has, yeah. He's not playing poorly at that time, but yeah, yeah. he's won the last one. I think Paddy's 100%. It, like, if you're not on your game there, Paddy's been in the position, he's running out for that ball, and if he knows he has one, the buck steps off yard, and he lets you win it, and then he tries to tackle you. Hamsey's right on his game, and he makes that a collision. Whoa, to get the ball, I think to hold it for 40, 50 seconds, the game is up, and it's won by your captain, and it, it, it's, a, it's a massive play at the right time. Yeah, very much so. And look, you're, we're, I know we're, we're probably late talking about the, the Dublin Mayo game as well, but the matchups in that Kerry Throne game will be like... Mm. You got Hamsey and McNamee going to be trying to deal with Sean O'Shea and David Clifford. Are you diving in for those balls if it's David Clifford or do you stand off just because of the name? And, and look, it was a bit wet as well. The conditions probably did favour backs a bit, but I, 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 look, lads, the two semi finals are going to be, you've got the top teams. I, I think that we say in the first part, we said be Dublin Kerry Mayo. I was tipping Donegal. Andy, you got the forward them right. You said Toronto being. So we were kind of looking at these from a long, long way out. And just I tip me and Kevin. You and me and Kevin, sorry. Tipperary for Munster again. Yeah. <laughs> Clear. But, but no, the, the team's in, in there now. They're on form. People are talking about are doubling a little bit off and does that give Mayo a chance? I, I don't really agree with that. But but just the way Tyrone are setting up, I, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Trying to put right what happened in Killarney because they're going to absolutely have a plan after the, the bloodbath at the end of the National League. It's going to be a brilliant, brilliant game on, Saturday, on Sunday week. I'm going to struggle to believe every word out of both of your mouths over the next two weeks. I'm just quite a cynical person. I just, I'm just going to struggle. I'm going to push you and, and try and question you on certain stuff, but we'll see how it goes. Before we leave the game, the Monaghan Throne game, I've been trying to ask this question a few times. <laughs> Rory Began and the, the role that he plays in the second half, I know, I know there's that amazing moment with the kick out where McKenna has that unbelievable flick and he, he chases Donnelly down and he wins it and there's the flick up and there's the bounce, as you say, Andy. That was incredible. But his overall impact in that second half, I think, unless you were in Crow Park, you weren't seeing what Niall Morgan was doing in the first half. I was asking, well, why, why is Rory Beggan hit three or four kick outs over the, over the sideline? But there's images that were put out afterwards of, of Morgan clearing that space. Mm-hmm. In the second half, you see Morgan up pushing on his own, on the, on the Monaghan 21. He's pressing that 21, the, the corner back there. Is Rory Began adding energy to that Monaghan attack in the second half? Is the goalkeeper adding energy to their, to their game? Oh, absolutely. I think we've, we've pointed this out on multiple occasions. Um, Began has done this, uh, Began has done this for years, but it, like, the introduction um of the goalkeeper coach, sorry, Dundalk goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Gary Rogers. Gary Rogers has just seemed to bring it to a new level. And he, he personally, I, I would prefer, and you know, I'm an advocate for the flykeeper, right? Mm. I, I prefer the Morgan role than the Began role. The Began role now, it's club teams go out and try to do the Began role. It's going to, there's going to be goals galore. But the Morgan <laughs> role is, and it's sitting into into a pocket. Like Began shouldn't be jumping for kickouts, lads. I, I like yeah. I, you know what I'm saying, and he couldn't be getting caught with the kind of flick, which I think Tyrone are going to use a lot against Kerry against High Press. That was amazing, that flick. Yeah, and, and we pointed that out against Donegal. Remember, we were saying the big kick out, and three fellas went the other way. So they, they've been doing that for a couple of games. But the Morgan role to me was a better role than Began, even though Be- I would watch Began doing that all day because I think he's a rage. But he's probably the only player in the country that has the discipline to be able to do what he did and his team to know what he's doing. Um, where the Morgan role for me was very strategic. Very smart. Now I'm not sure marking the corner corner back for the last yeah. 
hardest thing in the world. But it was very, very smart what the Tyrone coaching staff did. And I think for Niall Morgan, big fan of Niall Morgan, I've always kind of been, I kind of like him. I think he adds an awful lot of energy to his team as well. But the high ball in at the last minute, if you were going to have a criticism of Morgan over the last 10 years, it's probably that he hasn't demanded a square. Right, so the fundamentals of goalkeeping. I love fly keepers. I I want them to push up the field. You want them to create space. You want them to create the overlap when, when you're moving from back to front. When the high ball comes in and he wins it, and he lives, ha, tries to put a hand pass out and he gets out for the 45, he punches there like he's just after scoring a goal into the hill. Like mm-hmm. he, that means a lot to him because he knows that behind it all, you still need to be a goalie at the end of the day. And when the ball goes in there. He clears it. Everyone holds their men off from him. He grabs the ball and clears the danger for his team. And, it was yeah. like a hurler winning a free 80 yards from goal. Fist pumping. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> I just thought it was a telling moment for him because he has been criticised for a lot. Yeah. I thought watching the two lads doing it and watching the game kind of unfold and develop and tradition, like throwing tradition out the window for the goalies could do, I think was just... was. I, I wonder, like, Began has credited... Niall Morgan before for not not inspiring him but but nearly driving him on to to produce more and out out the field he's spoken about it before I wonder do these boys have a WhatsApp group like the goalkeepers union or something they're just egging each other on it was nearly like a game of chicken at times they were they were going out like if everyone come, come for the Robbie Henley start attacking next week. Uh-huh. Daddy, we're, we're giving up this pod. That's the last pod we're ever doing. But but you know what? More players will start doing this. Oh, yeah. But there's no. That's probably the most high-profile game where that's happened. Like Twitter was going mad. Like mm. begging if he scores that point at the start of the second Unlucky. half. I thought it was over, and it's just uh, like you're talking. Does he bring energy? If that goes over, the crowd were flying, and you could just see. It was very close, but what but I do like I know we we played leash, I remember saying in Leinster final a couple of years ago and Graham Brody was doing it. And it kind of, that was the first time we'd come up against it with Dublin. Um like, like Stephen obviously on our side was more um kick outs and kick out strategy. I think more and more teams, like Andy saying, even in club football are gonna start looking at doing this. You know what I mean? Because it, it is making it is having a positive impact on it. And if that gives you particularly against if teams are playing defensively and they're bringing bodies back, it gives you an extra runner. It creates yeah. overlaps. Yeah. Now the goalkeeper's got to have the quality to do it, and, and, and that's me begging. Obviously, has that the, the ball skills to do that. But but I I'd expect to see it probably a little bit more often. I don't think we'll see it just, in Dublin and Mayo next weekend, but, just but maybe next up, season's championship. Just a heads up, and I was reminded by it by um a couple of Monaghan people in Crow Park on 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 Sunday. But the Monaghan under twenty keeper Ryan Fairley. I don't know if you remember it, but there there was a clip of him when he was playing minor, running the pitch and scoring a point from play in 2018. It was the same year that Began probably got a bit of criticism against Tyrone in that All-Ireland semi-final for, for giving a ball or two away in the last few minutes. Ryan Farley does it more than Began. You know, he's a different, probably, physique than Rory Began. He's a little bit smaller, but he's another player that runs the pitch. So we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah, well, we've seen it with Shane Curran for years. The difference now, yes. the Shane Curran class and at the time the world for me, he, yeah. was, he was a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper, innovator, Bit mad, but sure, listen, that. But he, he, he was doing that individually. Do you get what I mean? He was doing it as, Off this, the cuff. Yeah, this is the way I play and I'm gone. Where the, the manager could see he was an absolute outrageously good goalie, but like when he wanted to go, he was going and everyone was kind of fitting into spaces. The difference now is that Morgan was in the game plan, Bacon was in the game plan. Yeah. It wasn't that they were out there doing nothing. They were out there blocking holes, creating spaces where you have a man-to-man and you're still trying to mark a zone. Like where Hamsey, if, if McManus goes into that zone and he runs to the far side, Hamsey has to go with McManus, that's his man. Yeah. So Morgan would just stand there. 
you know? So th- that's what they were trying to do when it was, yeah. uh, it's smart, it's smarter now and it's done within the team circles, you know? But it's Andy, it's what, what we touched on even over the last couple of weeks is it's the, like the evolution of kickouts and how important they are in modern football that literally you would spend weeks leading up to a game trying to dissect the opposition's kickout. How do we cut off that space? Everyone knows Began has a go-to kick and all of a sudden, why waste an outfield player? We know he wants to kick there. That's Niall Morgan coming out. And that is just where Gaelic football and coaches are just, it's so, so crucial getting on top of an opponent's kickout. And, and, and Tommy, you were asking us, between Dublin and Mayo games that we would have played and what would you spend your couple of weeks leading into the game on? We would have spent a lot of time on David Clark's kickouts that we felt, where do we need to be on the pitch? Where do we need to push guys up? And I know, Andy, you guys definitely did it with Stephen Cluxon's kickouts as well. This is just, it's been brought on to another level, uh, particularly over the last one, uh, two or three seasons. It's arguably one of the most important plays in Gaelic football now. And teams are just thinking outside the box. How can we use every single player on the pitch to cover off spaces and make sure we, we get steals on these kickouts? There's there's a lot more in this game that we're gonna we're gonna talk about throwing Kerry. You you spoke about the matchups and we're not gonna get into the matchups today. Next week we'll have time to get into the matchups. We're also gonna have a bit of a, a quick fire ask me anything about the Dublin Mayo rivalry. So any questions that you have about any game from first Dublin Mayo game two thousand six, Andy, that you were involved in? Yep. From 2006 up to 2020, anything you want to know about the Dublin Mayo rivalry, get it in on Instagram at footballpod underscore GEA or tweet us and we will ask the lads next week in the first 20 minutes of the podcast. Say it again. I'm going to get slated with that. No, you're not. I don't know if we agree to this. Did no, we, no, did we, did we, did we sign up for this? I don't know. Jeez, we have to say about this. Anyone who has office. any info of, of the Clash and Coppers that night, send in questions and I'll put it to the lads. <laughs> So I don't remember that one. The matchups. I'm going to get into them next week. Tyrone's full forward line: Bradley, McCurry, Donnelly. I think in the first half they, they all show bits. Like Mark Bradley actually had a very, very good game. McCurry came good. Donnelly's influence again. John Cavanagh said at halftime, "This doesn't look like a Tyrone team." I think he was referring to McKenna's balls in the direct football, the traditional play they were playing. So we're going to get. More... I think he was getting a dig at Mickey Hart as well. But, uh... I think he even and Mickey Hart was on the BBC coverage at the time as well. So we're going to get into Kerry throw next week and we're going to get into the matchups and we're going to look at it tactically. Just, just on Matty Donnelly, very interesting game and I, I talked him up for the Dun- Donegal game. Matty Donnelly's going into the Kerry game in a really, really good position. He played really well in the first half but Matty Donnelly's going away from that game the last day thinking, I could have, I could have, I could have lost this game first. He missed the 13-yard free. He kicks one dead on the, going into the hill the other side. He kicks another one dead wide when he was trying to find McShane or somebody and mm. then when he runs through him on Began he's the winner of the game in his hand so Donnelly has gone into the game knowing that he's in top form and knowing he's stuffed to improve him what a position mm. for a full forward to be going into a game and I, I just think if you if you wanted to pick a way to go into a game that would be the way to go into it beautiful way to ask you how Conor Callum will feel going into the all Ireland semi-final against Mayo for- who are you asking me or Paddy Whoever wants to jump in. Well, uh, from playing with him and, and, and knowing him, I have absolutely no worries about Conor Callan going into, into the honour in the semi final. I thought he was, a, he was a key player in the first half of the Mead game, scores the most Conor Callahan goal, brushes off two fellas, and think, oh, just take a point. And now he rattles it to the corner of the net. He was just a little bit quiet yesterday against Kildare. And again, as much as I'd give 
Hampsey credit for, for, for dealing with, with Conor McManus and curbing his influence. Like, Kildare frustrated them. There's no two ways about it. Was it the, the, the strategy that was ultimately going to win them the game? I don't think it was. I don't think they were ever going to score enough, but they got 14 bodies, everyone back for Daniel Flynn, and Dublin struggled to penetrate that. And Khan playing in the centre channel, Dublin are looking for him. He's getting possessions and he's just been double and treble teamed. And that's, look, he's dealt with that throughout his career. Like we were touching on it, I think the, the first game in the National League this year, he didn't score against Ross Common and he was really quiet. I didn't have many possessions at all. Jeez, yeah. oh, it's kind of a bit rusty. And then the next week he goes out and scores, I think it was 1-4 against Kerry. Absolutely. But he had them alive. He had them alive. It, it, yeah. it was vintage. This guy is so experienced, even though for a relatively young guy, his mentality is he has total confidence in himself. And, and without a doubt, over the next 12 days from now, he'll just be working on a couple of things. Maybe his execution, he, he uncharacter, uncharacteristic misses in the first half yesterday, one on his left foot, he dropped short. That's what he'd be focusing on. Just making sure, getting his technique, getting his execution back. But Conor Callan is, I'd, I'd have no worries about him playing this game against Mayo. And bear in mind, also, the style Mayo have always played against Dublin, and this is, is James Horn going to go this again, Mayo play man-to-man. Mayo are brave when they play Dublin. They push up. They know we, if we want to beat these guys, we've got to go toe-to-toe with them. That creates more space for someone like Khan, for someone like Kieran Kilkenny with an excellent second half. But look, it was a relatively quiet day, very similar to Clifford the week before. I'd have no worries about him going into the All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday week. Andy, would you be worried because the most animated that Conor Callahan was in that game really was a moment in the first half where Niall Scully plays the least Niall Scully-esque ball. Uh, it was like a, a kick pass to a Kildare man and Conor turned around and was like, what are you doing <laughs> in the first half? <laughs> would, you, would, you be, would you be worried now that you're going to see the beast unleashed? Or who, who will be the man-on-man? Who will be taking Conor Callahan in the All-Ireland semi-final? I, I, genuinely, I don't know because if I was going to call the matchups that James picked against Galway, I'd have picked them all wrong. Um, so you would imagine Oshin Mullen goes straight on Conor Callan. But we'll just have to wait and see. Paddy he took Murphy. him last year, didn't he? Hmm. In the Northern final. Well, but Conor did really, really well as well. So James could change that. <clears throat> James could change that slightly. They, 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 I think Paddy knows Conor's personality more than me, so I'm not going to go near that. But what I would say, and I think I love going back on other games, this year is a, is a, is a, is a prime factor. He it comes down against we talked about on the pod that he, he was exceptionally poor against Scotland. Like he was so bad, and then the next couple of weeks he absolutely takes Kerry to the cleaners um, with two goals. Didn't he get two goals? And then he goes up and plays Donegal in that kind of semi final uh, and scores three points from play. It was outstanding in both games. So. These guys are just, it's like Clifford, they, they can just flip it. And then Paddy has hit the most crucial point of all time. Khan gets the very first ball. He goes onto his right side, and like you know what he's doing. He's on 35 yard line, he's looking for goal. He's the only player I have ever it's seen. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's so ruthless. And he goes for goal. And there's three men there, and they swamp him and they turn it over. Possibly could have been a free, it wasn't up the field. And he's frustrated by that. But against Mayo, the difference there is. He's only got one man to beat. And that's where it all changes next week. And this Dublin thing, are they struggling for form, if you don't mind me going into this, Tommy? They're just after beating a Division One team, essentially, by eight points. 
and James McCarthy gives away a goal. So it could have been 10, 11 points. Us, Mayo, are just after beating a Division One team that are going the opposite direction by six points. And we're talking, like, you know, we're, we're, we're a hallelujah. We're ready to go. <laughs> so, yes, Dublin aren't in great form, but they're bored out of their mind, Tommy. They're, they're bored out of their mind. They're bored. bored. Ah, they're bored. Like, like, like Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey aren't playing, yes, because of the stress and the strain, but they're a bit bored. Like, they're mid-20s. They should be still playing football for Dublin. And to me, the likes of Conor Callan needs a Mayo coming to Crow Park, needs to be playing a Kerry in an All-Ireland final to really get themselves going. And I think that's where it's at. Like, we're criticising the team here, and we are, essentially. And I looked at it yesterday, and I was like, Ah, there's something up here. Really, there is something up. And then you think about it; they're just after beating Wexford by eight, Mead by six, and Kildare by eight. Like, like what is, is that? Is, is that fair? Like, do you do you think they're bored? I don't know. Look, I I don't know if, if I, I understand where Andy's coming from. I don't know if we use use that term, but but I, I definitely like. I feel the narrative is probably a little bit overboard, or, or, or they've gone overboard that Dublin are kind of struggling for form and things like that. They've absolutely strolled to the Leinster Championship. And people are looking at... Sorry, Paddy, can I just cut you there? I yeah. hate Leinster. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, no, I, I get you. I, I totally get you. But, but, but what, what I'm saying is Dublin four or five years ago had a different style of play. It, it, it mm. was far more swashbuckling and very similar to what Kerry are doing now. So people are seeing that Kerry are racking up these big scores... The guys coming in off the bench, they're looking for goals, goals, goals all the time. And that's Kerry's style of play. And it is very reminiscent of Dublin, maybe 2014, 15, 16 under Jim Gavin. Dublin have evolved their style of play. Now, whether it's better or worse, they've become a far more controlled team that I don't think Dublin will ever go back to those stages of winning games by scoring six or seven goals. They just control the game. And people may say it's rightly or wrongly, it's not as exciting to watch or not, but they know exactly what they're doing. And there's no team better in the country at doing it than Dublin. It's just a different style. And people are kind of mixing that up, saying, oh, well, they're not as good. They're not trying to play the way Kerry are playing at the minute. They're not trying to play. They've evolved their game plan from three or four years ago. You could see it at times yesterday. They'll keep the ball for three or four minutes. When... when I was at, at kind of my peak under, under Jim Gavin and things like that around 15, 16. It was all, it was kick pass. It was like, get this ball up the pitch as quick as humanly possible. What Kerry are doing now, why well, I think Kerry will hurt their own in this regard. Dublin, just they just control games. And the same in all three of these games, Wexford, Mead, Kildare yesterday, it was just arm's length. We'll do enough to win this game and, and, and that's it. Re- reading... Uh, in prep for this podcast I read I read a few extracts of Bernard Brogan's book Back to Seedland and I had actually missed it the first time reading it but he said that he used to always say in the huddle let it in lads let it in towards the end of the career <laughs> he was always repeating himself let it in and he said that there was one day he was injured and he was like this is my chance to show that I'm not I'm not a greedy so-and-so looking for the ball just for me that I, we want the lads to let it in and I think he was saying it to Fenton and Kilkenny so is it is it Fenton and Kilkenny and Scully who have been the, the linchpins and in involving this more controlled, strangling the life out of a team by keeping possession and forcing them to come out. Because Calais didn't go out and press them in the last couple of minutes. Like Daniel Fink gets that goal and it's a five-point game. That wonder goal, five-point game. He robs McCarthy uncharacteristically, five-point game. They barely touched the ball again. 
Me get it back to four but, points. But, but, but that, again. That's that's what Dublin are at. That, are they the three boys? Con or sorry, Fenton. Right, it's, it's across the board. But okay. Fenton's obviously they're the guys that have the most possession, so they they seem like the most they, dominant. They have the it, fist, yeah. But, but it's it's just across the board. Dublin, like we we talk about teams trying to get to the top table, and Galway not being able to wrestle back momentum. Yeah. Against Mayo, when the momentum shifts in a game, Galway just have no answer. Monaghan in the first half, the game just gets away from them. They can't wrestle back control of it. All of a sudden, they're five points down. Cork against Kerry, they get a brilliant start. And you're just thinking, just have a bit of know-how. Let's just slow the game down for five minutes. Let's control the momentum. Dublin are masters at that. And that is an unbelievable skill. And it's not easy. And you need to work on it and develop it to keep the ball at senior inter-county football for four, five, six minutes. And bear in mind, Dublin have done this in all Ireland finals against the best teams in the country. They've done it against Tyrone. They've done it against Kerry. To do it, that is an unbelievable skill. It's different. Not many teams have done it before. Yeah. And that's why you can hear the crowd booing and the opposition get frustrated and things like that. But they can't get the ball back. But yeah. the idea, Tommy, seriously, of yeah. controlling momentum. You look, Galway just had no answer to yeah. Mayo. They, they just lost the game. That game could have went off for another hour and Galway were never going to get that back. It's a skill to control that game. If that was Dublin in that regard and Mayo get two, three points, look at exactly what, till they get a goal out of nowhere and you're thinking, Jesus, is this, can they get their hands on it for the next five minutes? Dublin literally just keep the ball for five minutes. Yeah. Game's over. That is a skill. People don't appreciate it as much and that's what people are saying. They're not racking up the scores they used to. They're not trying to do that. They're controlling games way better. That's how the team's evolved. There's there's a book I read, uh, Paddy, for business. It's called The E-Myth, it's called, right? And there were stages of where a company would be and it's infancy, adolescence and maturity. And Dublin are just mature. (laughs) Like they're so mature now you're just like, Oh, you stop. Like they're smoking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're chilling out and they're just, they're in that phase. And other teams are trying to get there, but that's where they're at at the minute. And until they're beaten, they'll go to stay there. I think they will change eventually, Paddy. I think they'll come out and play a tiny bit again, but they need to be beaten first before it happens. And the way they're doing it at the minute, to mine the ball for all the game yesterday, the, it was the, one of the worst games of football I've seen in a long time. <laughs> They scored 20 points. Yeah. A massive part of the game, though, and you were asking, is it is it Fenton, Scully, and who else did you say? Kilkenny. Kieran. Kieran. And we've mentioned him, and going back to Paddy's term, that transitional player. Merchant is the transitional player for Dublin. I hope may owe put a man marker on Merchant like we did on Ryan McHugh and uh, Jack McCaffrey at the time, because he when he came on at 40... Whoa, did it start? Did the ball start moving then? Did Scully start getting into the game then? Did the ball start moving a tiny bit quicker? Did mm. Dublin start moving? Oh, the game it was a different game when he came on. I'll be honest, I, I, I didn't notice it was Merchant's influence until I was talking to you afterwards and I watched it back and I could see it then in real time, taking notes. And I, I, I didn't see it, but he was that important to it. Like, he, bring, you, he, do, he brings huge energy. energy, he brings huge speed. That, that, that look, Dublin without Jack McCaffrey. Missed that. Yep. Like I was in the forward line, and it's all the forwards at that time to have Jack McC- uh, Jack McCaffrey and James McCarthy coming from deep, like absolute trains. Mm-hmm. That causes havoc for opposing defenders. Look at what Mayo's success over the last number of years. Lee Keegan, Colin Boyle, Donny Vaughan. Guys coming at raw pace up the pitch causes havoc for the opposition defence. And, and Dublin probably missed that. 
with, with Jack stepping away, in particular with Robbie McDade being injured as well. Robbie's probably not as as fast, but he brings that that energy as well. And, and that's why Merchant coming back yesterday, John Small getting 40 minutes as well. Yeah. We said that the challenge for someone like Donegal coming through, through the minefield of the Ulster Championship, they couldn't afford not to play Michael Murphy. Dublin have the benefit of the Leinster Championship that they've been able to get these guys back. They've both been missing for, for the good of probably two months. They're now back with championship minutes under the belt coming into the biggest game of the season for them next weekend. That's, and that's the thing. And I went scrambling there looking for my match there program from yesterday because I have a couple of notes on it. And that starting 15, once John Small was brought in, you can say that Sean McMahon is the one new boy there. And then the full forward line, Kilkenny has a big second half. He scores four points, a mark and three from play. Cormac Costello scores two points a peach in each half, four points from play. Dean Rock ends up scoring four points. He's whipped on 53 minutes for uh, five. One of the ba- one of the baskets. He kicked five. He did kick five. You're right. Yeah. Five, four, four. Mm. I think yeah. quite expressions. He thought it was Harris himself. <laughs> there was a shot of him. There was a shot of him. Cut to the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're it's seeing that, and you're, you're seeing that Owen Merchant gets a half an hour and John Small gets 40 minutes. I was watching Small a lot at the start of the game. I didn't actually think he got into it much in the first half. I'm sure when you're coming back from a hamstring injury, there's a little bit of testing it out a wee bit. But in the first 10 minutes of that second half, John Small must have touched the ball eight or nine times. Like He was getting on ball and he was moving it and he was bringing the pace to it. So we started to see him back again. Like we're starting to see that Dublin, Dublin fifteen. Even the match that panel looked a lot stronger. Did, did, and small back. I, I think Paddy again mentioned James McCarthy. McCarthy's a freak show. He was the one that was trying to create the speed. In a brilliant game yesterday. Yeah, yeah through the lines, barely blew the ball. He was absolutely superb yeah. for the goal. Like he was trying to create the speed. And the, you're on about the boys holding on to the ball and not kicking it in. When Jack McCaffrey was there. He didn't believe in that. He was just gone. Do you know, he was running from behind, and he was—he was gone. A merchant kind of does the same thing. Probably plays a tiny bit more around the edges than more lottery, yeah. But it, from getting the ball from your full back line to your midfield, he is the guy for them. And I—you'd I, be thinking, what would I do if I was the Mayo manager? I'd be putting a detail on him to stop him getting the ball out because if he's not there, it's too slow from Dublin, and you can set up your defence. There was a moment in that game, and look, uh, if you boys disagree with me again, like you did with the the Galway stuff last <laughs> week, I'm I'm big enough to take that. There was a moment in that Dublin game in the first half, and there's a blue jersey streaking through, and it's not a hundred miles an hour because he's not as quick as him. But Sean McMahon is bursting through, and he's like a train. Conor Callan has the ball. I think if it's a different Dublin player with number seven on his back, if it's Jack McCaffrey, Conor Callan slips it to him. Maybe I misread it, but the way I saw it, O'Callaghan looks at him sees it's Sean McMahon and says, I'm taking this myself. And he just about squeezes the ball over the bar. It kind of reminds, maybe maybe it's a bit of a stretch. It kind of reminded me of a a team where maybe it's a junior team in, in club football or something where there's a couple of lads you're keeping it away from on the team. Is there any chance that's happening at intercounty level that Conor Cannon's thinking, I'm better off taking this shot? I'll come in before you there, Paddy, because I'll let you nail that one. I think <laughs> that... that um... No, I did, like Jack McCaffrey's an absolute. He's Jason Robinson speed. Like he's coming through there at a. Do, do, do viewers want to know who Jason Robinson is? Joe, you know, he is just he, 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 the game changer speed. Where Sean McMahon doesn't have that speed. So like you'd use McMahon there maybe to take out a man and to bring a runner. So Con and Con is trying to force a score there maybe from self to himself. Yeah, I don't think there's any of that. I don't think there's any of that going on. If you think about Scully's pass to McMahon. 
against Johnny Gall when he puts yeah. it on and he kicks it over the bar. Sorry, Paddy, what? No, I, I totally agree with you, Andy. I, I don't no, I, I definitely don't don't, don't agree with that. But I actually I actually think it's just a great run from Sean McMahon to actually drag people across, and that's what you're looking for for guys coming to half back line. You're right, maybe if Jack's coming there, he's going so fast, you just have to give him the ball. It's a different kettle of fish. Like, but there's there's loads of examples of that where guys are making runs ahead of the ball and they're just dragging people away. One of, one of I know there's a really famous point, Dublin supporters will notice in the 2015 All-Ireland final, Alan Brogan's last ever kick for Dublin in the rain. Dermot Connolly runs 90 yards ahead of him and drags, I think, possibly is it Mark O'Shea, away. And Alan's thinking to give it to him, doesn't give it to him and kicks it over. And that's his last too kick many for steps, Too many steps. Definitely. Yeah, he, he probably did. He probably should have given it. But, but it was a brilliant moment for, for him. And what, what, what a way to finish it. So that happens all the time. Guys just running ahead of the ball. I, I definitely don't think that's a... I, no, I, I wouldn't agree on that one. Okay, no problem. I'm going to have one of those every week, I think, but sure, you, you might you might stay with me. Um, I want to come back to the shooting in a few minutes. Very quickly, Johnny Cooper's sweeper role, he, he sat in front of for much of the first half. Now, I don't think he did it in the second half, but for much of the first half, he sat in front of Daniel Flynn and Jimmy Hyland, and between himself and Fitzsimons, they were cutting off that space. Are we going to see that against Mayo? Or because Mayo were playing man-on-man, is Johnny Cooper going to play like that? I, th- I think it's going to be less prominent against Mayo because Mayo, like I say, traditionally are going to keep guys up the pitch, particularly for someone like Aidan O'Shea, O'Donoghue, Tommy Conroy inside there. You're going to have to deal with your own individual battles. The way Kildare set up, it was Highland and Daniel Flynn and everyone else back. So yeah. it, it afforded the luxury for Johnny to be able to do that. Traditionally, it's Keno Sullivan doing that. To be fair, Johnny's been kind of doing that for the last number of years anyway uh, when Keane was injured and things like that. So he's very experienced in that regard. That's the challenge now that if uh, I would imagine they are going to go man a man and push guys up the pitch and try and take Dublin on. That's where they've had a lot of success in the past. If you're looking at potentially an all or a final, Kerry, you're going to keep those guys up the pitch. You, you'll always try and get a sweeper. You'll always try. If, if there's someone that can drop back, it mightn't necessarily be designated that it's it's Johnny Cooper all the time or it's one certain player. You'll just need to develop that in transition. Okay. And that's again, Dublin are quite good at, at experiencing that, but I don't think it will be as easy to get sweepers into positions against against Mayo because it looks like they're, they're going to play six forwards up the pitch. Andy, there's plenty of great shots of yourself and Johnny Cooper on sports files. So I think when we're talking about the matchups next week, I want to get a bit of insight into what Cooper's like to, to be marked by Johnny Cooper. Um, flicking through that 2019 All-Ireland final, he obviously got sent off in that first half. I don't know whether you think it was harsh Paddy that day against David Clifford for a couple of fouls early on. So who he takes in this semi-final against Mayo would be very interesting. On the next 12 days before the All-Ireland semi-finals, I'd love to know from the two of you, in terms of the build-up to big games or semi-finals or Dublin Mayo games before, how much can be done over the next 12 days? Now, Paddy, we, we spoke after the game yesterday and you know I had to go down and speak to the managers afterwards. And I'll admit, standing in front of Desi Farrell, and my first question to him was like, what sort of conversations are you having inside? I felt a bit silly, given the sense that they'd won by eight points, they'd won their 11th title in a row. <laughs> I asked them about Fenton and Khan having quiet days, but I think it's the fact that the standards have been set so high over the last mm. five or six years that everyone is seeing that. I know we're saying here that, come on, they haven't slipped. They're, they're just kind of, they're bored maybe and they've just got through Leinster. But over the next 12 days, I'm sure they'll be saying to themselves, we've got to get ourselves going here properly for the Mayo game. How can that happen? What is the first thing that's going to happen? Or what are the things that are going to happen between now and say this weekend? Paddy? Uh, I 
the, the first thing they did, they just review yesterday's game, that they look at, okay, what went well. The first half were a little bit sloppy in front of the goal. The second half was much, much improved. I think they'd only one miss in the second half. They'd be frustrated about giving away a goal. They'll also be asking questions of why did they didn't look. Dublin did not look like scoring a goal at all yesterday, which is unusual for them. I know Colin Pascal gets a goal right at the end, but he's over carrying. Other than that, Dublin didn't look like scoring a goal. So that's an area they're going to look at. From my point of view, I'm being in the camp for, if you played Mayo, I don't know how many times over the last decade, Andy, probably about 20 times. There is never an issue with mentally being ready for Dublin playing Mayo. The teams have so many battles. You know, it's feisty. And when you're in it, you have to be honest, the two teams probably didn't really like each other, which adds to it as well, because it was, they were our biggest rivals, more so than Kerry, more so than Tyrone. They, they were kind of the teams of the noughties. For our decade, if we, we realised if we were going to win the All-Ireland, we'd have to beat Mayo. So that brings an edge to it. And the players, you owe the sense of that, like the energy going at the training when we were preparing for a championship game against Mayo. One, you kind of know the team so well because you've played so often. They've been in Division 1 for the best part of a decade. They're always playing each other. You know the players individually. You have your matchups. But also, from a forwards point of view, a key, key thing any time we were playing Mayo was, and what we focused a lot on in training was kickouts. How could we push up? What was our position to be? How high would our midfielders and the halfbacks push up when David Clark was in goal? Because he didn't have a, a big range. He was different to a Began or an Oil Morgan. And then also from the forwards, runners. You, like Mayo's, for me, their greatest strength, and you've seen it in the second half against Galway. If you're on the forward line for Dublin, you, had, you knew you were going to be doing some serious mileage tracking their runners. Parag Joy said it the last day after Galway, just didn't have the answers from the second half. It's obvious that that's a key strength for Mayo, but dealing with it is a big challenge. And that's for our focus for, for two weeks or three weeks in a lead. And we would have lots of drills and training where the ball would start with a goalkeeper short and you'd be like four on six and you're just sprinting back after your men and you're trying to turn them over before they get to the halfway line. Just And you do that on a loop over and over and over. It's not the most enjoyable things mm-hmm. for forwards to be at. But, but we would say that's one of their greatest strengths and we felt an area for us that we could get on top in those double Mayo games was, was, on, was on the kickouts that, that if we could get steals there, that allows us because it, it was one-on-one. So they're the areas we kind of focused on. Slightly different now because personnel have changed, but but there was never an issue with energy going into the game. You knew you had to be ready to rock. Like. So Dublin are going to be, Tuesday, you'd imagine, Tuesday, say hypothetically Thursday, and then you mentioned that Saturday it'll probably be an A versus B game in somewhere like St. Clair's or something. That, that like Typically that'll be the build-up to... Yeah, you, 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 well, generally the, the week before a game, it's a squad match that guys are looking like we're talking about can guys put their hand up and get, get minutes on the pitch? And then that's been the challenge of what people have said about Dublin, that is the depth there. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at the team yesterday with, with Small coming back and with Merchant coming back, you know, what other positions are really up for grabs there? Like in our time, there was always maybe two or three positions we were going right. If you go well and train it here, you're in the mix. Whereas the Dublin team, because there's probably not as much depth as there was previously, that you could probably name the first 15 now. And that's that's the, that's a, a quite a rare thing for Dublin a situation with Dublin being. Whereas you're on a Mayo side, I'd say that there's definitely training games going on there. And Kevin McLaughlin is thinking, if I go well here, I'm nailed on to start. Oh, McLaughlin is thinking, like what position did they put Aidan O'Shea in? So, so any intercounty team, the week or two before, 
there's always opportunities for players to put their hand up. And if you go out and shoot the lights out in one of those games, that's going to see you get minutes the following week. Definitely. Just as a point of reference from Bernard Brogan's book, The Hill, he's talking about the, the week in between the replay. And this is just a, a quarter or two from it. In the drawn game, though, Dublin needed some strikers on at the end. They left five kicks behind them in the closing minutes. There's a gap in the market here. So he's referring to... For himself. <laughs> he's referring to how he'd been too much of a facilitator down at yeah, Dubai the week beforehand. He played a ball. He passed the ball that he says Conor Callum would have buried. He was trying to be a different kind of player. So anyways, the A versus B game, the full forward line for Dublin and St. Clair's that day was Dean Rock, Owen O'Gara and Bernard Brogan on one team. And according to Bernard, they rip it up. Uh, the three of us are moving, talking, feeding off one another. Keep it coming in, lads. Keep it moving quick. After 20 minutes, the game is blown up. But I've managed to kick four points. Dino, and what, how did you pronounce Ono Gara's nickname? Eodge. 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 Yeah, yeah. The Dino, shark. The shark. <laughs> Dino and Eodge have scored two apiece. Cozzy, Cormac Costello, who was playing at the other end of the field and is technically vying for minutes against us, comes up to us afterwards. Jesus, yous are flying. O'Gara's buzzing. It's been a frustrating year for him as well. Bring back the Twin Towers, he says. Now, I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm not sure if Eodge and Burnover were the Twin Towers the same way Tommy Watch and Kieran Donahue were. But, like, that was, but you, can, you can tell there that the energy that those lads must have been bringing. Do you know, Khan, Mannion, Dean Rock were the three main full forwards in that team. And then there's yourself, Owen O'Gara, Bernard Brogan, Cormac Costello, who are pushing to get in there. Probably Kevin McMiniman as well. Kevin McMiniman. And like, without moving on any further, the only All-Ireland finals that Kevin McMiniman started, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, were the 2016 finals against Mayo. 16, yeah. 16. So the two finals against Mayo, he starts those games. But he obviously has such an influence on, on so many of those finals mm. and so many of those big moments. And from reading that book, you can tell how much of an influence he's having on the prep time and even meditation sessions before training and games and little things like this. I don't know if Kevin McMillan is going to be back after being away working with the Irish boxers. But he'd obviously make a difference if he was back there because all those names that are mentioned, I don't see from looking at the matchday panel here how Dublin are going to have an A versus B game of that quality and that intensity. I just don't know who's going to bring that energy. Well, that, that, that's, like I say, that, that's what the challenge for these guys. Like, like Sean Bogler had a brilliant breakout season last year and he probably hasn't seen as much minutes even yesterday he got on and like I, I think he's a smashing player. I, like I'm surprised he hasn't played as much. But look, that's like he might have knocks and niggles. You don't know what goes on behind the scene. The two Bascales, like energy is not their issue. Like the two boys could run. They did bring it. They brought it at the weekend. You know what I mean? And that's like bear in mind again. It's a different challenge Mayo bring. For, for, for Mayo, there will be space against Mayo. You need to have athleticism, and you're looking at those three guys, the two Pascals and Booker. That's what they have. You know, it's hard coming on if you're a running player and your your energy is your game and you're going on a Kildare of 14 men behind in their own 45. It's harder to make an impact there. But that's, lads, that's what Desi Farr is going to be looking for. That's what he has to be looking for. Like, like In all the other teams, you look at the impact off the bench Monaghan mm-hmm. got yesterday. You look at the impact Mayo got against Galway. The games are going to be a hell of a lot tighter now. They're going to be so physically demanding. Like, see, Dublin have been in second and third gear to the whole Leicester Championship. They're going to have to up the gears next week. Mayo are physically going to, like, you are, I remember playing Mayo games, 20 minutes gone and you're out on your feet. So, so you need impact from the bench. And that's, without a doubt, that's what Dublin are going to be looking to there. And, and exactly the same for, for Mayo. 
Mayo, if you look at last year's All Ireland final, James Horn is probably happy with 40, 45 minutes in, but they've no gas for the last 20. So that's what they need to do. So both teams are in that scenario. Before I ask you about Mayo's prep for the next 12 days, how did you get on that A versus B game, Paddy? I don't remember. I didn't write a book, so I don't know. Like, but I'm not going to mention it was obviously Tony. If I, I know, I searched your name in it. Do you come up plenty of times? But I'll, I'll save some of those from night two, was day. it? Yeah, one or two. But only two yeah. <laughs> still, need get, still need to get an explanation for this wolf term. Oh, geez. We haven't got that yet. Should we haven't got? We haven't oh, got for yeah, points yet. We get to the final. We'll do. Thirty tennis over points. Yeah, yeah. We video him when we go out for a team night out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Andy, what are twelve? I'm going to say the 12 days of prep time that Mayo have to face Dublin, but Mayo have obviously been preparing to face Dublin for a lot longer than that. Like, I think, yeah, no, just on it, just the, the, the way you started out with Paddy in the first bit of fighting talk we'll have for, I, I think Dublin have slipped like, but they can't, if you lose Jim Gavin, you lose Declan Darcy, Jason Sherlock, if you're back from him, you slipped already, like you, the boys might be good, but the, to be as good as them straight away in year two, I think it's huge. I don't think Dublin won dollar Ireland this year. Um, Jesus, he's straight in here. I don't. I don't think they will. I, I, I think they're doors. I think Kerry will win all Ireland. So I think. I think Dublin have slipped. Now, how much they've came back to the pack is there to see. Now, you've mentioned. Now, you're on about players. Like I've often mentioned Bernard on this on this uh, on this pod. Like to me, he was the best forward of my generation of our, like when I played. He was the best forward. I don't think there was anyone better than him. That's my view. I've had many rows about himself and Gooch over the, over the years. But from my opinion, he was the best forward. He was the best Dublin forward. He was the one that caused us most damage. He was just an outstanding player. So you start losing right from Alan Brogan in 15 and it starts moving. Of course you slipped. You've lost Cluxton, who's been the best goalkeeper. He's, been the, he's the most successful captain that has ever played the game of Gaelic football. You lose him. That's a slippage. Like It might mean a huge slippage, but it's a slippage because of his age, it might be a huge slip. So if Dublin lose one or two through something happens to them in the MA versus B games or the MA those games, they have a huge chance here, lads. Like, like, let's not dress this up. It's not... Uh, have had an unbelievably successful season. No matter what happens against Dublin, they're going into this game with zero pressure, with James Horn absolutely fulfilling expectation since Killian O'Connor went down against Clare. Got us promoted won a Connacht Championship, and I've got a free shot, I would say. I, I think we got a free shot at Dublin last year in the All-Ireland final, and I think we've another free shot at them in the semi-final. No, I probably think Kerry would still win the All-Ireland, but th- that's what we've got, and it's huge. And how do we prepare for that in 12, tw- 12 days? It's all about, for me, it's all about the matchups. It's all about what you do in the matchups for me. I believe, genuinely, we got the matchups wrong against Galway. I just just slightly, just little tweaks. I think we put Lee on Shane Walsh, which just, yes, Lee of 2016, 2017. Yeah, 2017, it's different now. Like. Now Lee is the fourth or fifth defender we have. So that has to be a Paddy Durkin. Who does, does Paddy Durkin go on Kilkenny again? Does Ushie Mullen go on Khan? Um, if we play them two boys on them two fellas, do we lose too much? How does Matty Rowan get on Fenton? How do we free up Matty Rowan? Don't underestimate the influence of Matty Rowan on this team. We score two goals the last day. I'm getting too passionate now. But we get two goals. Oh, it's good. And I actually think, I know we, we chatted about it last week. The more I'm just looking at it, particularly yesterday, I, I think McCarthy and Mark, Matty Rowan. Yeah. I, I, I think like Dublin want Fenton going forward. That's his greatest strength. Mayo want Matty Rowan going forward. That's his greatest strength. And you're looking at 
who's a guy who can athletically keep up with him and can, has just done it over a, a decade of just he'll dog a fella McCarthy's a player he can literally do everything That's he's one of Dublin's greatest ever players I think that could potentially be a match up there so like the Jim O'Connor and Fenton then if that happens and they possibly look for Dermot O'Connor to do the same to Fenton on Mayo's side so. or O'Connor Loftus and then like Manny Rowan sets up the first goal and scores the second goal yeah. influence is huge right so how the matchups and how we free up Matty to do what he can do in the match is going to be massive for me what we did with Aidan O'Shea and Ashton Dollar in the final simply didn't work he had two scoring influences in the whole game he is still he hasn't been our best player this year but he's still our most influential player so how we get him on the on the ball and where we play him and where we use him is going to be key to how, how this game goes for me so for me and for James Owen that's how he's prepping for, for 12 days for me it was always Near the end of my career, I was going back to Mick Fitzsimons. It was literally studying the hell out of Mick Fitzsimons. Where can I get an inch on him? What can I use? How can I how can I free myself from him? And what I mean by that, that's not just making good runs and freeing yourself. It's like, how do I isolate myself one-on-one with Philly McMahon or with a Johnny Cooper, who I might be just slightly more evenly matched in terms of pace? How do I isolate myself one-on-one with him? Where do I get Joe? And and how, how would you do that? Well, like if Mick Fitz goes with the ball, if I can transfer him to someone and then all of a sudden Johnny is to come back in America me in the edge of the square, then I've got a I've got a positional switch there where I can do mm. it from a kick out from a Stephen Cluxton kick out. Mick Fitz has been very honest looking for the kick out wide right. And I'm sneaking already, I'm gone. So you're you're looking, how can you get away from him? Spend so your that, life sneaking, didn't you? Yeah, so, but like you know, you're right. You you're as a forward, you're always like it's always like like if you think the the opposing coaches are trying to pick a guy to mark you to expose your weaknesses, so like say me and Andy were quite similar in terms of you we weren't Jack McCarthy with speed and things like that. So I remember Paddy Durkin picking me up in an order in the final. It's just I was like, "This is going to be a long day for what me." Year was what, what year was that? What year was that? Sixteen, sixteen in the replay. Okay, um, you had a big influence. So that, you come on the last time. You they didn't really draw, have some in the draw, draw, yeah. draw. Yes, so, so that's why. The, when you're coming on as a sub, it's easier because there's not an exact plan or there's confusion there. And I kick a couple of scores in the first couple of balls. So the exact same as what Andy's saying there. You're always as a forward trying to isolate someone who, who's going to suit you. And, and you're right, Andy. It's gas you were saying that because like, like Fitzy himself will be... Like the, Dublin across the board are so analytical. It's like you want to know your opponent inside out. And, and I know we've talked about this in, in, in all Dublin's games. They're focusing on who am I going to pick up What's his strengths? What's his weakness? And things like that. That's the level you're at here now. And th- this is the absolute cream, cream, cream of the crop. And if, if you get one of those matchups wrong, if James Horan gets a matchup wrong and Khan shoots the lights, that's the game. Mm. And on the flip side, if, if Desi gets a matchup wrong and Matthew Rowan has an impact like he did and he scores one three, that's the turning of the game. It's that important getting the right guys on the right people because these are the best players in the country. And if you give someone 20 minutes where they're on the wrong guy and they make hay, that can literally be the game right there. That's the level you're at here. So it's so crucial for the coaches to get that right. That's the focus. You're not going to get fitter in two weeks. It's, okay, what do we need to do as a team? But also, how can we expose their weak links and how do we make sure their top guys are shut down? And so the way I would prep, the way I'd prep, Tommy, right? I'd prep and I'd get one of the midfielders or centre-back or Paddy Durkin and I'd say... 
Joe, kick me the hip ball. This is what I'm going to try to do to Mick Fitz or to Johnny Cooper, whoever your American American Shea, and I'd be there and I'd be dashing out right and left. And they could kick me 20, 30, 40 balls. I wouldn't even kick them over the bar, I'd just throw them away. But coming up to Dublin, yeah, it was like Parsons was obsessed with kickouts, lads, you know? And he'd be like, kickouts, kickouts. So everyone, like, you know, forward or midfield, you know, halfback or midfielder that could kick you the ball. Because all they did was with clarity, <laughs> kick out after kick out. You're just like, Oh, I hate it, kickouts, lads. I hate it. It was just the, 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 like, but that's because we're full forward. Like, we, <laughs> like it was down the other end. Like we'd obviously yeah. Stephen and go for us, and Jesus Christ, like and I mean hours and hours and hours, hours and hours and hours and days on end. Like, but it, it that's how important it was. Like, and look, sure, the big thing in in the 2016 final, Mayo made a change that 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 we felt we we could push up on Clark Henley brings something different. He's a boomer, and that. That does force you to kind of, it forces you to take 10 yards of back. When did Rossford make that switch? Was it the last minute? Ah, no, he had it in his head all week. No, no, but like, when did Dublin find that? We, we'd heard wind of it, actually. Yeah, I don't know how we got wind of it, but really? But now, until, it's, until it's announced. It's in a Dublin the, hotel, Tommy, you know. <laughs> Castle Lock. <laughs> I've all the locals in Castle Lock there now. Yeah. How did that uh, get no, out? No, we, we, we definitely had heard wind. Of, that there potentially was going to be a change, yeah. Now, until, like you say, you only hear it on the stadium. It's announced in the middle of the warm-up. And it's like, that, it's on, Henley's in there. So, so we had spoken about it. So, so that was an advantage to us. How does that filter you know? through, say, in that, in that kind of... Is that a training session? It's a few boys saying, listen, lads, Henley might be, be switching into yeah, the car. Yeah, we just said it could be something to be aware of, like that, that this likelihood could happen. Now, to be honest, with the depth that, that Dublin prepare for games, and to be mm. honest, all, all these teams at this level in the championship, they're probably preparing for a sub-goalkeeper anyway. Yeah. As, as just a scenario that, look, I'm sure Mayo were talking if Cluxton comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because if you're there as a coach and all the coaches, your forwards and your backs coaches and all your analysts, whoever's there, that's their role to kind of make sure that you never want to be out on the pitch as a coach or as players and something happens where you've no idea you hadn't prepared for that all. You're all, you're trying to cover off as many bases as you can, because like I say, over the next twelve days, there's not a lot you can do physically. Like, like you might play like a, a, an A and B game for thirty minutes, but you're not going to go out and play seventy minutes because you want guys to be bouncing off the ground next Saturday evening. So a lot of it's tactics, matchups, analysis. It might sound boring to supporters or people tuning in thinking, what else are they going to be at? But, but that is it. You need to know your opponent inside out. I think a key one, Tommy, and not to harrow the point is, what do Mayo do now when Dublin hold the ball for three minutes? Not not to steal a term from it, I suppose, things, but could you actually just sit down on the pitch like because they're just going to hold it for three minutes? Why are you run around burning energy? Do you know, could you could you do something? Could you analyse it around that? What do you do? Do you just keep pressing them? Because they'll keep holding on to the ball, flicking it back. I remember we got an unbelievable press on you, Paddy, in... I think it was the 16 replay. Unbelievable. It was the best bit of Dublin play I think I've ever seen, right? Where we pressed you at the wing to get the ball back. We were a point down. And yeah. however you got out of it, like Cooper was to touch the ball 25 times in the in the thing and he just held it for two minutes and he killed us. But like when you were there, as Paddy says, 25 minutes the last day, Kildare out in their feet. Yeah. 45 minutes last year, Mayo were struggling. Even after half time, when we were down to, they were down to 14 men, McDade had been sent off. We were struggling a tiny bit with the pace of it. But what do you do? Is, is there a reason, and I'd hate to say this, that you just stop and let them have it? 
Stop it. Or make them take, make them take a shot. Make them take the point. Make them take the point. Give them a free point. Let them kick it over the bar and then start again. Because once they hold it on for three or four minutes, and Paddy will tell you as a forward, he was in, you were, you were, yeah. I described this really well. And they hold on to the ball. The game, like 20 minutes is gone. Touch the ball once and inside forward. Mm-hmm. You're frustrated. You come a bit shorter. All of a sudden they've sucked you away. And you see Ben McCormick taking shots. Yeah. Four misses in the first half yesterday. He's literally by himself. He's knackered. 30 yards, knackered. If he turns back there, he's getting turned over. So he has to shoot. Like, you know, so can we come up with a strategy to deal with the Dublin on the board for two or three minutes? I I, I touched on this time of year and we were talking about it yesterday uh, in a review on the game. You have to be brave. Like if someone, if a team is keeping the ball for four or five minutes, you've got to get out on them. Even if you foul a guy, just foul a guy and that allows you to get set and everyone pushes up. But but we looked at it yesterday with Kildare and maybe conditional Kildare were just shattered by the end of the game. They, 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 they 15 or 14 guys back at their own 45 and Dublin were keeping the ball out to 65. Brian Howard had about 20 possessions in the space of two minutes. Someone needs to go out and like try and tackle him. Like, instead of just getting guys back and you're just back and you're not doing anything. Am I allowed, to say, am I allowed to say that Mead did it? Me, me did it for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Don't forget, Tommy, the last 10 minutes. But Dublin that last, just kept that the ball fen- for the last that, 10 minutes. But that Fenton score, Mead nearly turned him over two or three times. Tom Lehiff nearly got caught two or three yeah. times in the wing, as you're saying. But they just they just didn't. They, were, they weren't good enough to do it. Or and that's, Dublin were good enough you, to get away with it and Fenton put the ball over the bar. Like, bear in mind, you're, this is like 60, 70 minutes on the clock. So yeah. like, your energy reserves, particularly your top now guys coming off the bench, it's mm. hard work. It's hard work, but but I remember very famously Dublin were a point down at the 2019 All Ireland final against Kerry, and we had to get the ball back. But Kerry could, and we had to get the ball. Kevin McMenamin runs. I'd never seen him get a turnover like in his life. It was amazing. It was just, I, I watched. It was just on the, it was on the line. You're running from the corner corner flag over at the Cusick Stand Canal end, and he turns over. I think it's David Moore on his own 45. That is just. Hunger, it's just like we have to get this ball back. But I haven't dubs. seen four dubs to Renmore. But I haven't seen team. It was on the line for us. It was five in a row or nothing at that that point for us. We had to get the ball back, and, and that's what you're looking at for teams have to be brave to do it. It's hard work to do it, but you cannot let an op- opponent keep the ball for five or six minutes. Like it's just demoralizing. And and, and like I say, Dublin are so good at doing that. They're so good at doing that. And and as much as uh, I know, Andy's saying about. Have Dublin regressed and there's a big change of personnel? If a team is going to beat Dublin, you have to manage down the stretch. And there is no team in the history of GAA that is as good at doing that as Dublin. That's the big, like, teams might have them on the ropes and Kerry, if they're in an all final or Mayo on Saturday week and they get a run on them, there's a different story trying to finish them off. And you're going to have to manage those final 10 minutes because there's an experience and a bank of experience there. Dublin haven't lost a match for seven years. So forget about the changes in personnel and all that type of stuff. You're going to have to take them out over those final 10 minutes. And I haven't seen a team able to do it yet. That's going to be the biggest thing, mentally actually doing that to, to, to that double team. Andy, we've never been able to level a lack of bravery against Mayo. Like, so without going too deep into that again, would would you be saying that they need to be brave when Dublin have the ball in their hands? Are you, are you saying that just there needs to be something different done? Is being brave sometimes stupid? There needs to be a press and a cover element to it. I think there always needs to be a cover element. So if you look at the first goal last last year, Aiden does get Bedford to throw in. Yeah. 
But like Stephen Cole has to hold six. You can't leave the vacant six position. So you have to, of course, be brave. But sometimes you just have to take it over the bar. Conor Callahan's goal, he hand passes it, Killian gets sucked in. And Scully, Oshin Muller doesn't cover Khan's goal, or Khan's run, and he buries it into the back of the net. So, yes, you have to be brave, but then there has to be a cover element to that as well. And um, I think we all will be brave. I think that's the way James Horn plays. I think it's been hugely successful for him. You've seen Tommy firsthand the running them boys were doing after the Leitrim game. Yeah. They played a game, they ran two or three K after it. Um, and they were preparing for Dublin. Like, let, let's do it. No. That's wrong. They were preparing for Crow Park, and if you're preparing for Crow Park, you're going to if you're going to win the All Ireland, you're going to beat Dublin at some stage. So yeah. um, they were preparing for this game, and I think it showed up well against Galway in the second half. Um, but I think there's no question that James Horn is going to be brave in this one. You're listening to episode 13 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and Andy Moran. We're going to move into our Instagram Q&A very quickly. We're going to get a score of the week. And I don't know if there's a moan of the week. We haven't had a moan of the week for a couple of weeks. But Andy, I'll let you percolate on that one for a minute or two and come back to it. Paddy, I want to make a statement and I want to make a prediction. The statement right. is that Dublin's six best forwards started at the weekend. And Paddy Small, Kieran Kilkenny, Niall Scully, Cormac Costello, Conor Callan and Dean Rock. My prediction is that Definitely four of them are going to start. I have a feeling that if Dublin get through to the North Ireland final, still only four of them might start. And I actually think that Dublin will have to keep at least one of them on the bench because they need something in the last 10, 15 minutes. Desi Farrell made six substitutes at the weekend, seven if you include... John, uh, no, six substitutes at the weekend, the six being a blood sub. But the times of it is, the, the N4 sub was Owen Merchant on 42 minutes. Conor Beskell in 53 and then after that Bugler comes in in 60 Lehiff on 68 O'Connell on 73 and Ryan Beskell was around the injury time mark as well they weren't bringing on finishers they weren't bringing on players who were screaming for the ball who wanted to kick 1-2 or wanted to score 2 points or as you said the Kerry lads that are coming on are being ruthless going for scores my question is in the A versus B game at the weekend is, is Paddy Small and Cormac Costello thinking they're playing for their position at the weekend? Look, I, I, I think that is the challenge for the younger players coming through. That is what Desi Farrell is looking If you're on that Dublin squad, you have to be there to play and push. And there's no doubt they've lost. It, it was a, a golden period there. Playing in those training games for four or five years, there was probably 10 or 11 forwards that could all play. And, and that was every single training session you're under that pressure. That can't go on forever. Of course it can't. Look at the, the turnover in the Mayo squad, the turnover in the Kerry squad from their great team. But that is the challenge for younger guys coming through. And you're only going to find out by putting them on the pitch. And, and uh, from my experience, I think Bugler is a brilliant player. I think he's a huge future. But there, there comes a time when these guys come onto the pitch and you have to just trust them to, to, to go and do that. And, and you're right. If Dublin are going to win the All-Ireland, I just think we've been saying this for the past decade. Gaelic football, it's a 20, 21 man game at the highest level. You need to have energy. You think of the energy that Tyrone bring, the energy that Mayo bring, the speed at which Kerry are moving the ball at. It's very difficult to keep 15 guys on the pitch for 75 minutes. You need impact from the bench. And that is the question mark for Dublin. There hasn't been a question mark for the best part of 10 years. It was if some guy's out, next man in there at 35 minutes. I came on in an all the final after 25 minutes, I think, for James McCart. It was just in and just carry on. Dublin are looking for someone to put their hand up there. 
I like the guys, the six forwards that started yesterday, I thought they all played well. I, I'd be surprised if there was changes in that regard. But Desi's thinking he has to be. Can we get something from Bogler? Can we get something from Basquiat? And you'll only find out by putting them in. Mm. And, and it could be the game where it arrives. And looks like there's more space there. And Bogler comes on and he scores two or three points. And all of a sudden, he's the next man there. He's only 21, 22 years of age. But that is the challenge for them. That is, they need to have impact at this level of the championship. The intensity that this game is going to be played at next Saturday night, you're going to need guys coming in because you're going to be out on your feet. I thought you lacked a bit of energy inside, Paddy. I like to me all all, all year last year, Clarence Kenny was player of the year, in my opinion. Mm. Um, because I just thought he set that template. I remember watching against Westmead down in Port Leash and he just ran that line, he just ran it left. And yeah. he, he set, and I thought you lacked that a tiny bit on Sunday. I think he missed Paddy Small in there a slight bit. Mm. But I do think if one is going to go, I think it is probably going to be Paddy Small. Just for the simple reason, Costco simply cannot be dropped. You Four asked points again for play, yes. Uh-huh. Question uh, a couple of weeks ago, Paddy Kenny. He's been brilliant. He was brilliant against me mm. when the pressure was on. And he's not kicking. He, it's not that he's adding to scores. He's actually kicking really important scores, and he's done it throughout the league. I think so. He's going to start. Um, I don't think Dean would be. A, I think he'd be more effective starting than he would be coming on. Dean Rock, just the, the, where he is in his career, I think I think that's where they'll be at. And he wouldn't give you that pace coming off the bench. So I think there's a huge chance. But I think, I think the surprise is, I think Sean McMahon is going to hold on to his position, uh, if I'm being honest. I think he's not going to be... I think he suits playing against me. Oh, I think he, he'll probably go on a Conor Loftus type. Um, I think he's disciplined. I think Desi probably thinks he's a bit more disciplined than Howard. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if Howard moves up there and someone else moves off for Howard or, or something to that degree. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. Um, we'll wait and see. Um, I'm going to throw a, a couple of questions at you. Um, first one is, after the four provincial finals, we have our four winners, we have our semi-finalists. Have you got your homework done? I said it last week, I was going to ask you. I, I, after a couple of days in the golf course, and the, nine, and the 19th hole I'm looking at Paddy Andrews and thinking that he's going to be scrambling here what homework Andy who's your player of the season so far oh, oh yeah you can't just go one you have to go from provinces I think yeah. okay. but, but I just say uh, on it right? <laughs> there, there, genuinely there's been times you pick it guys who play well in these two games they're going to be the player a guy oh, can yeah. do nothing yeah. in the provincial championships this is where the, the absolute cream of the crop and I guarantee there'll probably be a guy that'll stand up for the next two games. And if Conor Callan could light it up, you know what I mean? And an good player of yours. So this is the absolute business end of the championship period. I think that's a great point, Paddy, because I don't think you could put any Dublin player in it. Like James McCarthy's probably the best player you've had, but like, I don't think you'd put... Kieran, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not slow. Yeah, he's done, yeah, he's done okay. But like, just the level they're playing at and how much better they are than the opposition. So you can't probably put them in there. Like, it's the same with Sean O'Shea and Kerry Lance. We're on about our Dublin undercut coming into this because they haven't really destroyed the team. Dublin have been destroying teams the last 10 years and we're yeah. still the undercooked because of Leinster because they've been destroying teams. So Kerry have done the exact same in Munster. But if you're picking someone Kerry, you're obviously going with Sean O'Shea or that, or that, that, that element of my view. Up north... McGeary to me, lads, has been absolutely outrageously good. Like, he's he's been unbelievable. It's amazing what a new management can come in to control. He looks like a different footballer altogether. If you he, was their, he was their captain. He was yeah. captain under the lads when they won the twenty-one, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a responsibility and a, just a connection there, confidence in his a team. trust. 
Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant, like what he did last Sunday last was, was incredible, or last Saturday, or last Saturday it was incredible because he, he, he probably changed position inside 36 hours there. Like when did they find out that bit of information? Unbelievable. And obviously McCurry again the last day. McCurry's been brilliant. He got, uh, he got five points and three assists the last day. His interchange with the, three boy, the two boys inside is brilliant, doing really well. And then from my own point of view, again, only test in the in the, in the goal again would be Matt and Ryan, but my mm. you know, like Ryan Ryan has had an incredible season so far, Ryan, I don't know. But in terms of leading in every single game, the hunger to kick points and everything, Matt and Ryan is the guy for us. So yeah. just, haven't they been to be fair, literally from day one this season, they have actually been the most consistent players. Like McCurry and McGear have been brilliant. Matty yeah. Ryan, all through division two for Mayo. And Sean O'Shea, you know, Clifford got I throw Paddy Clifford in the national. I throw Paddy Clifford in. But but this is what I'm saying, Tommy. If Paddy Clifford doesn't have a great game against Tyrone, mm. you're you're not an all-star. Never mind player of the years. So that's why it's it's on form to date. Those guys have been the absolute standout guys. But like I say, a lot of these provincial championships, like I say, the Munster and Lancer championships have been non-events. So this is where you sort them out from the boys at, the, at this stage of the championship next weekend. And I guarantee you, look, in both of those games, there's going to be standout performers. Can Maddie Donnelly keep his form going and, and, and lead Tyrone to a win over Kerry? Can McGeary keep that form? Or can McCurry shoot the lights out and get the twin all in the final? Or does David Clifford come back and score 110? Because he, he could absolutely do that. And he's back. Or can Khan do that against Khan. Mayo? So, yeah. it, do you know what I mean? It's... it's that's why it's a little bit early. I'll come back on the homework next week. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> Fenton, like they were quite. Uh, yeah, they were, they were quiet last week. Like it, it is fair to call it. Like they have, they have. Like he was quiet last week. I'm starting to doubt myself about asking Desi that question, but I think I think it was obvious. Fenton's just gone for his third player of the year, though. I think he'll be still honest. hasn't lost the match. <laughs> but I think I think, I think again, I would right be you. overly concerned. Yeah. A um, a couple of quick fire questions. Actually, can I get? The score of the week first. I definitely have two contenders I want to throw in. They're a bit left field. Paddy Andrews, have you got a score of the week? Like, ah, I didn't really like push. Andy, you know, it's the Maddie Donnelly. <laughs> Magic, like, what a dummy. The dummy. What a score. Now, to be fair, there was a couple other lovely ones as well. Like, McManus's first one was just an outrageous kick. But um, for me, I just love Donnelly's. And you know what it was? He wouldn't have tried that two weeks ago. No. But that's that's a guy who's who's gotten confidence. Literally, his season has turned from half time against Donegal because it wasn't happening from then either. All of a sudden, he steps up. Leadership role there. Throne need him. If Throne are going to be Kerry, him and McCurry have to light it up again. And you could just see that was just a score of total confidence. And it was funny then the second half, he gets dispossessed by, by begging by the goalkeeper coming back. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. the best of both worlds, but I, I just love that score. It was beautiful. It was I think you boys, you boys speak more about Donnelly McManus because they're in the 30 club like you boys. I think that's really why you boys oh, are so happy with it. Like, I, after the old guys. I love the way Tyrone just give him the softball. I love that. Just give him the ball. And yeah, just, let him have it. It's not that he's going to hit a 35-yard outside the footer here. He's literally just going to put someone through a little gap. And they just trust him. You see McCurry there where he's trying these angle ones up north. The last day, he, just, he was just fishing it out to him. Donnelly would get it. Yes, I thought it went a bit skew ways for him in the second half. But in the first half there, he was just linking excellence and he just gives him a common influence. Hamsey's score, lads, just, just on a really... Like one of the best scores, McGeary scored off his left foot. There were two or three that were just 
top level. Kieran Kilkenny's point off his left foot very underestimated. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel Flynn's um, the goal. Wonder goal. Just unbelievable. Like you, Paddy talked about him last week. Like there's very, <laughs> there's very few. These boys back from Australia are just box office boys, and you know, and it's just. Uh, but was, honestly, even when it, even when he when he gets it off McCarthy, and we were kind of saying the game was it was like sixteen eight. Tommy was that right? The yeah. game was like just a non-event. And he gets it and they're thinking, right, he has to go for something here. And if it was someone else, because Johnny Cooper's still in front of him. And bear in mind, it, Johnny like, gets good contact on him and he still goes around him. He's still about 25 yards out from goal at an angle. And the finish, it was just, it was. Rocket. Spectacular. But, and you're just like him, Shane Walsh, Connor Glass, these guys. Yeah, yeah. They just glide, they counter. factor players. Jesus. Can, can I throw my two at you? The first one is the awfully under 20s forward. Cormac Egan. Have you seen this point yet? Yeah, yeah. The chip up. And the chip over. up. And the yeah, fist, yeah. like, it was just... I'm like what I'm saying from this young man. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, talk about uh, an enigma, a talent that we're looking for to break through into the game with a, with a bit of something about him. Like, I, I was going to pick out Jack Bryan's first goal. I think Egan plays the lovely ball across from him. He beats his man and, and buries a brilliant goal. I've been quiet all podcast. I meant to give a shout-out to the Mead ladies who are into the All-Ireland semi-final against Cork after unbelievable progression I, I know we kind of mentioned how the, the ladies football format is something that the men's format could look at in terms of yeah. you know an ability to progress as a team and I think Mead are the greatest example of that they regraded back to intermediate and they've built and they've got a lot, a lot of talent coming through but the Mead Miners and I don't know if you were watching this earlier Paddy but I certainly was watching it they hockeyed Dublin again uh, earlier today um, but there's a fella for the Mead Miners lads Huey Corcoran he was the player of the week last week in the in the minor championships he takes freeze with the outside of his left foot. It's class. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, Unbelievable. Don't know if Andy McIntyre would be a big fan of that. No, I, just, I, the senior ranks. I just haven't seen it at that level. Jesus. Have you ever have you seen? Like, uh, yeah, I'll send no. you on a couple of clips. Like. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think Col- I think Conley tried a few of them and then he never tried them again. But, uh. every, every free lock. It's like, it's a right footer's free. And they're calling over Huey Corker in the weak corner forward. He comes over, he saunters over, he's got a bit of something about him, a bit of cockiness. And he also scored another goal. He intercepted a Dublin keeper's kick out and he lobbed the keeper from, from 25 yards to kind of end the game when Dublin got a goal. So, look, there are my two shout-outs for scoring. I, I have to say, I did think with Mead losing the Leinster final and their season being over, we wouldn't hear about them again for the rest of the podcast. But fair play, Tommy. Keep it going. Represented. Love Con- it. Consistency, lads. 20s there, Tommy. Yeah. Like they they've done Dave Hare and all the guys down there, S and C, they they have done work and work and and, and don't doesn't it look it? Does, can't you see it? The physical condition of them guys when they played against Dublin in the twenties was absolutely insane. I to be honest with you, I, I go as far as like they just run. Like it's, it's crazy stuff. Like Dublin used to get the ball, bar two goals, two outstanding goals for Dublin that night. Every time they got the ball, there was a collision. Every time. Like the mm. Dublin boys didn't know where to turn. Cork the same the last night in the, yeah. in the first half. And then your, your man is is a quality, quality player. And of course, you're always careful with younger players. You don't want to mm. Mm. And we've seen that great leash team over the back years ago, the minors. That Joe never did break through, but not really, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this young guy, Jack Bryant, in full forward, that's... Yes. He, he misses a good few. He misses a good few, but his play and his general winning of the ball, his 
Joe is like he's, he's just magic to look at in, in my view. And yes, young Cormac Egan is is stealing all the limelight because Joe he's, he's an exceptional player, but he's a bit younger than them guys too, and that's the reason he's doing it. But this Jack Bryan guy makes everything link. He's the ball sticks when it goes into him. He links to play, and there's more scores in him. I think he got two four two five the last night. Yeah. He probably could have scored a few more against Dublin. He missed about one three, one four, but his the amount of possession he can win mm, yeah. is incredible. Oh, he's great to watch. And I think actually it's a very good point to make about like that minor title is now an under seventeen title. So Mead have won two back to back under seventeen titles in a row. But it's a long way from under seventeen to under twenty. And I know we'll be talking about actually that and off the ball during the week. That bridging that in a county and how difficult it is. I think that's a topic for the off season that we'll come back into. There's well, a couple it's not of about bridging it, Tommy. Just on it. It's not about bridging it in my view. It's about and what Dublin have been unbelievable at. It's about bringing players through. And people are obsessed with winning them titles. Hmm. It's a, like if you look at Mayo last year, right? We lost under 20s on penalties to Galway. And seven of them under 20s are now part of James Warren's panel this year. That's what it's about. It's not about yeah. it's about developing and, and Joe, winning is important, and if you can win it, great. But Winning's it, a bonus at that at that age group. Who's going to come through and make the difference to a team moving forward? And that's that's the key thing. Michael Murphy lost his minor in 2010, or lost his 21. 21 finally hit the bar with the penalty, yeah. He was the best player in the country two years later. Yeah. So, and, and look, at for every minor winner that's out there, you've got your Brian Fenton's and your Donald Kilgans who... Don't get don't get a shot at that age grade and, and still are able to develop. So yeah, you're, yeah, that's that's a topic that I think I'd love to go back into in depth with Stewie and get your thoughts on it. A couple of quick questions. Far on far on camera on Instagram on the Football Pod's Instagram page. How long before a shot clock will be introduced? Dublin playing their version of boring puke football. I think he's quoting past plans. So I don't know where he's from. Bit of a loaded one. Do you think a shot clock will ever be introduced into Gaelic football? It will make it the most defensive game in the world if you do that. Because defensive or offensive? Defensive. Defensive. Because if you have a shot clock, put 15 minutes like the 45, make them shoot. And then mm. it's, it, 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 like, I know where he's coming from that can't hold for two or three minutes, but the tactics are now evolving where Paddy Andrews just said it there two minutes ago. People are going to start pressing. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't really know what to do with the last day. To be honest with you, when Tyrone held the ball for the last few minutes, Mon and even with Began didn't know how to do it to come out and press. So it's just trying to evolve the tactics, yeah. get the teams physically able to to press at 60, 68 minutes, and then kind of move it on. Shot clock to me would be an absolute disaster. But, but to, to show what Andy, I think even in the, by next weekend, th- there's no doubt the four teams in the All Ireland Simpsons are talking about this. How are we going to adapt to this? So I'd say even by next weekend, teams are going to start trying to come up with answers how, how, how to get around that. So no, I don't think it'll be a real change. Um, teams will just figure it out themselves. There's a lot of questions in that, that have already been, I suppose, essentially answered uh, on the podcast. One of them is, uh, what is the answer when you're a couple of points down your full time and the opposition are controlling the ball like, like Dublin are? That's from Podrick Stock. Stack teams seem afraid to go for the all out press at that stage, also, it's terrible to watch. So, we've kind of spoken about that in depth. Uh, Josie Joe wants to know who the most improved player so far in this championship is. Let's come back to that after the semi finals. I think we'll have much more of a read on that. Um, Jack Ryan says the Offaly under 20s will win the All Ireland. Andy, a question for you I should have asked you this when you were in full passionate mode earlier on. How would the Mayo side of 2015-2017 feel about taking on this current Dublin team? Did that Mayo team suffer from some awful timing? Niall and Kildare, love the pod lads, keep it up. 
I think any team that's going to break through, you have to probably beat the best teams anyway. We, were, we like you could say we we're unlucky in 2004, 2006 when we got to all Ireland finals. We met one the best carry teams of all time. I know Tyrone came and kind of spoiled the party, but if you look at that decade, I think Kerry were in about eight all Ireland finals in that in that whole decade. Like they were outstanding. So we played them; they were a brilliant team. They hammered us against Dublin. Um, Yes, I, I think, yes, you could argue the time inside of it. Was there chances in them where we could, not should, could have won them games? Yes, there was. But also on the flip side of that, there was chances that we've often discussed, the one where Dean Rock fists across the bar and Mannion is in the back post to just flick it in. That, that was there as well. So there's, there's huge opportunities. Um, but yeah, the time and thing, like again, if you look back on a Dublin one in 2011, gave them that winning feeling. The chance that was really there was 2012 for us because both ourselves and Donegal came into that game so cold. Neither of us knew how to win, really, because we hadn't been there. And we let that one slip. And that kind of haunted us for the rest of the, the, the decade because Dublin just kept getting, just kept winning. And you, as Paddy says, he's used it a few times learning from the lessons, nearly losing to us in 13, learning from Donegal in, in 14, and then down the stretch, they were just... like Randy, I am telling you, that is, you cannot emphasise how important that is. That composure down the stretch, that is totally overlooked with Dublin, I feel. Like people talk about, oh, they're brilliant players, they're great coaches, all blah, 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 blah. Their mentality to deal with that in the last 10 minutes in the 2019 All-Ireland Final. Andy, the one you're talking about in 2017 were a point up and Johnny and Stephen Clarkson have the ball over and back in front of the hill. I was on the bench at that. I was nearly having a heart attack myself. I was like, do not turn this ball over, but it's just total composure. The 16th final. That is what a team, if Dublin are going to be beaten in the All-Ireland, whether it's Mayo at the weekend or if it's Kerry or Tyrone in the final. Being able to manage those final five or ten minutes are huge. That is going to be the game. Despite everything else, it's can you outsmart them down the stretch? And no one's been able to do it over that period of time. And Mayo was so, so close so many times in those games. And I'm not saying we should have bet Donegal. Donegal get two early goals and the close-up shot. What I'm saying is the two teams there were at yeah. the same pitch. You're on a precipice. Yeah, yeah. None of them, none of them, none of us had won. They weren't in one since '92. We had one one in it's whatever that's what you're talking about earlier, Andy. Both teams were in their infancy. That, yeah. that, that was kind of the first stage for both of those teams. Yeah. And that, when you look back on it, that was a big, big loss. Well, the shot clock is running out on us here. So um there's a couple of questions in. Trevor Nocton has a couple of questions that we'll we'll save for next week. Um there's a question that I'll probably save for October. I don't want to throw it on to Paddy at the minute from Philly Smith about coming back for club championships after All-Ireland, but I think that could be an interesting conversation. Oh, he's way down with All-Ireland medals. He's all right. We won't, we won't. <laughs> That'll be a short conversation, Philip. <laughs> so this is episode 13 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. Like on a Tuesday now, lads, you can get the podcast on the OTP Sports app. It's the first place you're going to get it. You can listen to us for an extra day. And to be honest, you're going to need it because we've hit an hour and 40 minutes again. But, Brilliant stuff again this week. Really, really enjoyed it. The podcast is available on all platforms from Wednesday onwards. I'm really looking forward to next week. As I said, and ask me anything. The two lads have signed up for it in their contracts. You can ask anything you want about Dublin Mayo over the last 
decade and we'll be getting stuck into it next week in episode 14 are we, of the are we going into your Fiat Punto and doing the journey up to Croker no? oh we need that don't we yeah, yeah we might talk about that off air we'll plan that off air we'll get that going <laughs> brilliant stuff Andy Moran thanks for being thanks guys thanks Paddy thanks Jed take it easy